We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Wednesday, August the 31st, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I give my initial reactions to the first depth chart of the Gamecocks 2022 football season that was released late Monday night. Also, my full takeaways of Shane Beamer's first game week presser that took place yesterday afternoon. Also, guys, we conclude the 2022 position unit preview series as I break down the secondary entering the upcoming season. Guys, I'll look back at the season it was for the secondary last year. Also, we'll meet the secondary for the upcoming 2022 season. We'll talk most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if, and I'll give my overall grade for the unit as well. Also, Game week for Carolina football is back, and it's Wednesday. That means gambling talk is back as we talk the best bet for Saturday's game between South Carolina and Georgia State, as well as SEC gambling picks for week one of a packed SEC slate. Also, got your listener questions and a fantastic conversation with former Gamecocks defensive back and current Georgia State Panthers secondary coach, Corey Peoples. Guys, we've got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. Guys, that's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle single manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Simply put, guys, they'll all Always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today at 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and happy 
Final day of August as we officially, officially close the book on this preseason and move into the month of September. And yes, folks, that is right. There is Gamecocks football in September. As depending on when you are listening to this, we sit just over 72 hours away until Toe finally meets Leather on this 2022 football season. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you. And as I record this late Wednesday night and into the early morning hours on Thursday, after the conclusion of our final TSUS tour event, let me start there because, of course, as always, we got a couple of housekeeping items to get into, just a couple of things to touch on before we dive into the main portion of this show Guys, I do want to start and say the TSUS tour has officially come to a conclusion for this preseason. Obviously, our, us going on tour to all of the Carolina Alehouse locations across the state of South Carolina and even into Augusta, Georgia. And again, I really want to just take a moment to say thank you to you all that made this so special because I, I talked about this at every single tour stop I had. But this was something that I sort of I manifested and, and and I had the idea for years and years ago that, you know, I would always go to to welcome home events or Gamecock Club events or what have you, where past South Carolina coaches would speak to crowds of various sizes. And I always thought to myself, you know, this would be so cool to do for fans of the Spurs Up show, for fans of the business, if you want. I didn't know at that time it'd be at Carolina Alehouse. I had no clue where it would be, but I thought it would be so cool to do a statewide tour. And I am someone that believes in the power of manifestation. I am someone that believes in the power of speaking things into existence, speaking things out into the universe, and then again, creating your reality. And so now that we sit here and the tour has concluded, right? I am someone that I stay very present moment in regards to content, business, merchandise, just life, right? Living in the present moment and attacking the task at hand, worrying about what I can control in the moment, not getting too far outside of that within reason, of course. But sitting here and reflecting over the past, God, what has it been, seven weeks that we were on the road, if you will, that we were on tour per se? What a blessing. I, I mean, truly, guys, what a blessing it is to think about where we come from and how much we've grown and just everything that this journey has had in store for us along the way. Um, I, I just, again, want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Everyone who came out and supported, everybody who showed love, everyone who bought merchandise, and, again, everyone who took their time to, to come out and, and, and hang out and whether you, you know, interacted again, bought merch, asked questions or just came out and enjoyed yourself and, and uh, experienced the event, man. Thank you so much to each and every single person who made the TSUS tour such a massive success. I can tell you guys, the Carolina Alehouse folks, they are extremely pleased. And I don't want to say surprised, but I think you guys even exceeded their expectations for what they were hoping and dreaming the TSUS tour would be. I don't know. Maybe they underestimated my people a little bit and underestimated the power of Gamecock Nation, but just truly incredible, man. I mean, truly incredible. We, we felt the love at every single city, at every single stop, at every single location, and it is something I can tell you, I can guarantee you, we'll, we will most certainly do again. I even told them last night I'd be open to the idea of doing a spring tour. I think certainly next year doing a preseason tour again, even bigger and even better, and just being able to count down to another Carolina kickoff with you all and, and uh, you know, generate the excitement and the buzz and, 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 and share, sharing something we all love so dearly, which is the Gamecocks, man, the, the tour, just, just such an immense blessing. And, you know, again, guys, I've told you all before, but there are people, you know, that ask me, you know, what, what's your favorite part of what you do? Or did you see this happening? Or did you see that happening? And again, I'm someone that believes in the power of manifestation. And so I had this idea and I had this dream, but you know, to to see it come to fruition and the the manner in which it did, you know, there's just some things, guys, on the journey that go even above and beyond your hopes and your dreams and expectations. And I feel like that's when you really know, man, that's when you've reached your dharma. And that's when, you know, man, you're doing something special. And, and I tell you guys right now, as we sit here again, about 72 hours away from kickoff, 
you know, everything that's happening right now within this business, um, it, it's special. It really is special. I mean, these are special times, guys. Let's not lose sight of the good old days while we're in them because we are in them right now. I mean, I, I tell people, you know, this is the fun part, right? This is the fun part. When you reach the level we're at, and certainly we have not, quote, unquote, made it, right? I still feel like we're at the beginning. I still feel like we're 1% of the way there. I still feel like we're just scratching the surface. But I also am not going to lose sight of just how special this is. And, and it's all because of you guys, your love and your support. And again, I said this last night at the event, and I'll reiterate myself. The reason I say we, 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 you guys are like, Chris, you're the one doing the shows. You're the one creating the content. You're the, And that may all be true. I may be a very, very, very big piece of this thing. But without you all, without you guys, your love and your support, without the people in my inner circle, that support me on a day-in, day-out basis in my personal life, without my family, my friends, again, those closest to me, uh, without those people, right? Without, and again, without you all, the people that consume the content, that engage with the content, that buy the merchandise, that are in the big cock club, without you all, we do all of this. It is not just me. So it's special times right now, man, and I'm just I'm so excited for everything that's going on. I feel like we are operating, and I know we are operating at peak optimal capacity right now. And again, the TSUS tour, I really just feel like almost served as a microcosm of all the great things we have going on right now and all the love and support we're feeling. Again, each and every single person that came out, man, thank you all so much. And I'll just say that I cannot wait to see each and every single one of you uh, at the watch parties this fall, because certainly we'll be going back to a lot of the locations. I will get you guys a schedule as soon as I can. That is something we are finalizing actually here in the next couple of days. And once that is finalized, guys, we will go ahead and drop all the dates at once. So it's not going to be like last year where you don't know until the week of, we're going to go ahead and drop all the dates ahead of time. So you guys can plan ahead, but, um, just incredible stuff. And man, finally, I just want to say thank you to Carolina Alehouse themselves, you know, for giving me the opportunity. Um, absolutely incredible, man. I, I, again, I truly appreciate them. And, and th this, this partnership has been just, it's just, it's been incredible. It's almost beyond words, guys. You, you hear me struggling to find the words. It's uh, it's just such a blessing. And uh, Lee Russell, shout out to Lee, uh, you know, <laughs> shout out to Lee trail as well, both of the Lees in that office. And, uh, just really appreciate them, man, again, for their belief in me and, and understanding my vision and and helping it come to reality. So just, just man, just moving stuff, dude. I, I, I'm almost overwhelmed with emotion, overcome with emotion, whatever it is. I just, I'm overwhelmed by, by the love and the support you guys show. And, and uh, man, just, just cannot wait to get all, get back to all the locations and see you all again. And it's truly a blessing and a pleasure each and every single time. Um, on that note, okay, I could spend all night talking about that. Um, guys, the TSUS tailgate, of course, is this Saturday at Seawells. I mentioned, of course, our friends Red Fox Roofing. Guys, they will be out at the tailgate giving away free swag. Also, they're giving away gift cards for every appointment made for anyone who signs up for a roof inspection, which is absolutely free. So when you come out to the tailgate, just wanted to make you all aware, my good friend Mason will be out there with me with Red Fox Roofing. Be sure to say what's up to him. Show love, show support. Hey guys, you rock with me. You need to rock with him. Even if you don't need your roof inspected, what have you, show love, follow on social media, tell him you said what's up, tell him you heard about him on the Spurs Up show. It would mean the world. And finally, guys, so we can go ahead and get into the show, really, um, stay tuned for plans in regards to post-game content. I I've been mulling over the idea of a post-game show. I've been mulling over the idea, whether it be a Twitter Spaces, whether it be a similar, like, Daily Crow-type setup where people call in. I know there is a need and a want and a space for that because I've had many of you reach out. I mean, of course, I'll continue to do my post-game reaction video, but that's just like a minute long, right? I've had many of you reach out, though, and say, Chris, you know, after the game's over, you know, 107.5, the game, they don't stay live that long, and there's tons of commercials, and they only take like two or three calls, and there really isn't another post-game show option. And I do feel like there is somewhat of a void there that we could fill. Now, again, I've got to determine how that would happen in regards to – how could I get set up? Where would I set up from? Again, is it even feasible? 
But it is something I think I would like to do. I mean, truly, I think it's something I'd like to do. So, again, just stay tuned. I'm not promising anything, but it's at least the gears are turning in my head. So that's something you might hear the announcement over the next couple of days. I don't know yet. Uh, All right. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and dive into everything. Again, I know I just talked your ear off in regards to all the sentimental stuff. But, hey, let's talk football. That's why we're all here. And we'll start with the depth chart that was dropped late on Monday night. Again, I know it was dropped on Monday, but we haven't had a chance really to talk about it, at least on these airwaves. My initial reactions and overall takeaways, again, nothing that jumped out immediately in regards to anything that was shocking, but I think there were some interesting things that you can look at and say, hmm, okay, that is notable. First things first is the wide receiver position. And you look at all of the ors, right? Xavier Leggett or Antoine Wells Jr. Amarian Brown or Dak Joyner. Josh Van or Jalen Brooks. And I'll tell you guys this, talking to people in the building and behind the scenes, they do say this is probably the most wide open position group. And that's a good thing in regards to there are a lot of quality bodies. There are a lot of quality players fighting for reps. And it's just kind of depending on who they play, what the personnel is, they are going to be rotating and playing a lot of different dudes. Now, with that being said, I think there is still a pretty good feeling. Josh Van, Antoine Wells, those guys in some form or fashion are your number one and your number two options. Beyond that, we'll kind of see who gets the rest of the reps. But again, it does seem like it is wide open. Of course, Corey Rucker's injury, I think, is affecting that, guys. I would not expect him to go in the first game. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But overall, it looks like it's pretty wide open. But I would think the known commodities in that room are Josh Van and Antoine Wells. Also very notable on the offensive side, Marshawn Lloyd earning the RB1 spot. You then see beyond him, it's Juju McDowell or Christian Beal Smith. But Marshawn Lloyd is in that number one spot. How about it for Marshawn, man? A a dude, again, you love to see it after a guy that, you know, has fought back through all these injuries. And and obviously, again, his career to this point has not gone the way he's wanted it to, or even Gamecock fans have wanted it to. But seeing him listed at RB1, I know we're all pulling for this kid. We all want him to live up to the hype and live up to the expectations and just really have a season healthy because we feel like if he does that, if he has the season where he is 110%, that – His talent is going to shine through. So Lloyd at RB1, I think it's something really interesting. We talked about the battle between Lloyd and and Christian Beal Smith and Juju and who would be that dude to take the first carries. And by the way, Shane Beamer made it very clear, hey, this is just a depth chart, the first depth chart. This could change, whatever. It might not be the exact guys who take the first handoff or take the first snap, depending on what personnel they open with. But seeing Marshawn Lloyd, I think, Listed at RB1 really says a lot about what this coaching staff thinks of him and his ability and his opportunity to have a big-time season this year. Moving to the defensive side, um, you know, the biggest thing that jumps off the page, the athleticism up front. I mean, you look at the guys across the board, you've got Birch, you've got Huntley, Pickens, uh, the outside linebacker spot, which I think will be kind of another edge spot, Jordan Strong, Gilbert Edmond, Terrell Dawkins, uh, Webb Hemingway, Tyreek Johnson at the backups at tackling in. Again, there are a lot of athletic bodies up there. We will see if it leads to more production, but certainly you've got athleticism in that front seven. Um, also really notable, Mo Kaba getting the nod at the middle linebacker spot over Sherrod Green, the veteran. And again, I think Green obviously is going to play a ton, but uh, seeing that, right, seeing that, and again, we've heard Mo Cabas have had a great fall camp, but actually seeing that on paper, he ahead of Sherrod Green, I think is really interesting. And against Mo Cabas, a guy that we're all really excited about this season. Um, also, Cam Smith at the nickel, not at either of the corner spots, at the nickel starting ahead of David Spalding. And guys, I wouldn't look too, too much into it. I mean, Cam Smith, listen, he's a versatile player. He's going to be used in a multitude of ways, whether he's at corner, whether he's at nickel, heck, whether they want to slide him to safety, wherever it might be. Cam Smith, I think, is going to be an elite ball player and somebody you can depend on no matter where he's at on the field. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with matchups as well. But this was something about we heard over the summer that Cam Smith most likely would get the nod at the nickel position. So, again, you see him there starting at nickel. Um Elsewhere in the secondary, 
Eamon Ware, DQ Smith, Kawan Banks, all these guys in backup roles. Nick Eamon Ware at strong safety from Irmo, South Carolina. I think there's a lot of freshmen they're really excited about. Again, DQ Smith behind Devonnie Reed, excuse me. And then Kawan Banks backing up Marcellus Dial. I think true, true freshmen, three true freshmen that really could help you this year. And I think Stone Blanton also, too, was not on the depth chart, but I think someone who certainly could emerge and help you at the linebacker spot. So Shane Beamer has raved on this young talent in fall camp. And you're seeing it on the depth chart, especially Eamon Warrior at the safety position. I think he is primed to have a really, really big year. And finally, guys, my final takeaway, everybody spent the entire preseason complaining and moaning about Josh Van returning punts, all for him to just be listed as the starting punt returner yet again. How funny that is <laughs> that that ends up happening. Guys, listen, I, I, I would just say this. Josh Van was not terrible in that role a season ago. I know he's not the most flashy guy. I know he's not the most flashy option. But believe it or not, there's a lot more that goes into being a punt returner than just being fast. I, I think that's what it comes down to. They obviously like him in that spot for a reason. So, hey, what are you going to do? You would think Shane Beamer, you know, uh, uh, Pete Limbo, those guys, they know what they're doing when it comes to special teams. You would think two of the best in the game, especially with the Beamer ball name, if you will, um, but we'll see. We'll see if Josh Van sticks at punt returner. As Shane Beamer said, you know, do not take this depth chart as, oh, it cannot change. It is not flexible. He mentioned in his press conference that it is flexible. And it's something that as it goes week to week to week, who takes those first snaps? And guys, you listen to coaches. I mean, the depth chart, most of them don't like putting out depth charts. And the depth charts really don't mean a ton. I mean, obviously, there's certain guys that are going to start, of course, like Spencer Rattler being QB1. That's something we don't even need to discuss. Um, but for other positions like secondary and running back and receiver, I mean, so many guys are going to play. It, it's kind of like, you know, the, the depth chart's nice and everything, but it's not the end-all be-all. Speaking of yesterday's press conference, let's go through everything Shane Beamer had to say in his first game week presser of the 2022 football season. Of course, guys, we have to start on the injury front. Some good news, and again, Shane Beamer has hinted at this, but both punter Kai Kroger and running back Christian Beal-Smith should be good to go for Saturday night's game against Georgia State. Now, with that being said, I don't think you'll see a ton of Christian Beal Smith. I think it's one of those things where if he needs to go, if he has to go, he can go, but I don't think they're going to force it, right? You've got Marshawn Lloyd. You've got Juju McDowell. You've got Lavoisier Carroll. You've got Amos. You've got Dante Turbo Miller. you got Nathan harris Wayne. You have got a stable of backs that I think should be able to get you through this ballgame. And again, Kai Kroger, I mean, listen, guys, I love Kai, TSUS athlete, but hopefully, just hopefully, we don't have to see him a lot on the field this weekend. And I mean that with all love and all due respect. Um, the big news, of course, Corey Rucker. Guys, it's all but confirmed. Again, Shane, we were saying that he is a little ways off from being ready to go on Saturdays. We've heard the rumors. I would fully expect Corey Rucker to be out for this ball game. Uh, on Saturday night. Again, I think it's one of those things. They're not going to rush it. They're not going to push it. But I do not think he will be dressed out or will be playing, of course, on Saturday night. They asked Shane Beamer again what he's most looking for. I thought it was interesting him saying just efficiency. And I thought, you know, overall the presser was par for the course. I thought certainly this answer was par for the course. You know, you just don't want to see – the sloppiness, the procedure penalty, shooting yourself in the foot, if you will, and, and just making dumb mistakes. So efficiency. Efficiency is the key word. Running the football, stopping the run. That was another thing Shane Beamer, of course, of course emphasized in the press conference yesterday, something they'll have to do against Georgia State. But again, overall, I think just a clean football game, of course, in a winning effort. And then finally, the uniforms. How could we not, dude? It was literally the first Question. I tweeted it almost as a joke. All right, who's going to ask Shane Beamer about what uniforms we are wearing? And of course, God bless David Cloninger. The very first question, he went ahead, ripped the Band-Aid off. Hey, what y'all going to do with the uniforms? I love it. I love it. It's a tale as old as time. It's a gift that keeps on giving every single year. You got to love uniform questions, my friend. You absolutely have to love it. And Shane Beamer... 
did not give us an answer. So here we are left on a Wednesday, still guessing, still wondering what in the world are we going to wear? It's all good. We still love you, Coach. Um, with that being said, that's pretty much it, guys. Again, like I said, a press conference that was pretty standard, par for the course, nothing crazy jumping out. But uh, either way, man, just really excited. Of course, we're all itching for kickoff, and I know they're ready to go as well. All right, guys, let's move off of that and into as we conclude the 2022 position unit preview series did we save the best for last? Some would argue because we are talking South Carolina's secondary entering this 2022 football season. Guys, you talk about a position unit that exceeded expectations. When you look back at last year, my goodness, I think I graded this unit a D minus going into the season. I thought they might have been the worst position group on this football team a season ago. Guys, not only do they exceed expectations, they shattered them. I mean, I don't know. I guess Clayton White and Torian Gray and those guys, they took what I had to say personally because this is a group that allowed just 181 yards per game. Guys, that was good enough for seventh best in college football, not the SEC, in college football. A top 10 pass defense. They improved in every single statistic across the board. And it really was led by Jalen Foster, a guy that was a former walk-on, uh, turned himself into an All-American, tied for the lead in the SEC in takeaways with picks, excuse me, with six, and just was an absolute playmaker and a leader, by the way, in the back end of that defense. Also, of course, Cam Smurt, excuse me, Cam Smith emerging, being the guy we all thought he could be, playing really good football last year. I think in turn that has earned him all the preseason accolades. We have seen more on that in just a bit. And I thought what was really so impressive, guys, was the emergence and the roles that guys like Darius Rush, Marcellus Dial, David Spalding, and Carlins Platel all played. Because you think about the names I just mentioned, those are not big-time guys. Those were not guys going into last season that were household names by any means. Those were guys that we were not sure were going to be serviceable playmakers, and yet they turned into dependable week-in, week-out guys that you could look to and say, hey, they're going to give us a good football game. They're going to be solid in the back half. They're not going to lose the football game for us. And again, not just that, but they're going to make big plays in the process. So overall, man, listen, I, I know this is a group that somewhat benefited from the fact that Teams didn't throw the ball a whole lot because they didn't have to a lot of the time. But when teams did throw the ball, there wasn't a whole lot of success. And again, this group made a lot of big-time plays, was certainly a strength of this defense, and they'll look to do the same this season. Guys, let's look ahead of this year, and let's meet the secondary going into the season. We'll start with fifth-year defensive back R.J. Roderick, graduate student Devani Reed, redshirt junior Cam Smith, Freshman, Emory Floyd Jr. Freshman, Anthony Rose. Redshirt sophomore, Joey Hunter. Freshman, Keenan Nelson Jr. Redshirt senior, Tyrese Ross. Freshman, Nick Emanwari. Redshirt junior, Isaiah Norris. Redshirt junior, Marcellus Dial. Redshirt sophomore, O'Donnell Fortune. Redshirt sophomore, Landon Greer. Freshman, DQ Smith. Redshirt senior, Darius Rush. Redshirt junior, David Spaulding. Freshman, Jace Blackshear. Freshman, Peyton Williams. Freshman, Kawan Banks. Redshirt freshman Cam Hardy, redshirt junior B.J. Gibson, redshirt freshman Joseph Burns, and finally redshirt sophomore King Dominion Ford. So those are your defensive backs entering this 2022 football season. Let's dive a little bit deeper, guys. We talk most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if, and I'll give my overall grade as well. And we'll start with the most approved of this group. And anytime you are replacing a guy like a Jalen Foster, who, again, guys, was really the heart and soul of this defense. And I've mentioned it over and over again that one of my greatest concerns for this group and for this defense as a whole, I should say, is this. How do you replace the production of a guy like a Jalen Foster, who it seemed like every time you needed a spark, every time you needed a big play, he was there to make it, right? We're talking about a guy, again, that tied for the lead in interceptions in the SEC. I mean, we, he had a co-Simpson-type year with six interceptions. Insert Devani Reed, the transfer from Central Michigan, who will be filling the shoes of the departed Jalen Foster anytime you're that guy. And you could argue that Reed is 
on paper, a more talented option. Because you look at Jalen Foster again. Jalen Foster exceeded all expectations for his play. A former walk-on. Devonnie Reed comes in from Central Michigan, highly touted. He's played really, really good football. You talk to people about him. A very physical player, a ball hawk of sorts. But can he fill the void that Jalen Foster left? That's what it's going to come down to. That's what we're all intrigued to see. That's what we're all excited about. We feel like he can but until we see it again, he's got a ton to prove to show that he can either be as good or if not better than Devonnie Reed was. So again, anytime, like I said, you're filling the void of a guy like that, there's going to be pressure on you. It's a crazy how many of these big time transfer guys we are depending on. But certainly, I would say Devonnie Reed is the most important one of those guys on the defensive side. And for that reason, he has the most to prove for this group. Let's talk best overall, the Gamecocks defensive backs. And, guys, this is a very short conversation. You've seen all the preseason accolades. He's a preseason All-American for a reason. Cam Smith, and, you know, what's so intriguing, now that he's not playing anymore, I'll just say it, Jalen Dickerson was the player that I had a conversation with a couple of years ago. I think it was December of 2020. And uh, Jalen told me, he said, Chris, listen, J.C. Horn, Israel McCormu, great players, but he's like, I'm telling you right now, the best defensive back or the best pure corner we have on our roster it's cam smith it's cam smith he is going to be a big time ball player at south carolina and that time i said hmm, dang that's intriguing that's saying something that's a that's a big deal to make that claim well jalen was right <laughs> jalen's got an eye for football because you see it now uh cam smith certainly has come into his own and and i mentioned it over the preseason it's crazy how quickly cam smith went from being you know a nice player to literally a preseason all-american but certainly i mean you look at his game i think he's got those jc horn qualities he's a guy that i don't know that you'll see quarterbacks really attacking his side of the field very often and i feel like you look at someone or you look at him he is a lockdown type of dude maybe just maybe he can be the guy that uh, that that is the big-time playmaker on defense and is the leader of that group, certainly this group for sure. Guys, let's dive in. A season will be successful if what will spell a successful year for the Gamecocks defensive backs. And I talked about it earlier, and I think it's very simple because I think when you talk about known commodities and you talk about what this group's going to give you, you feel really confident in the returners. You feel confident in Darius Rush, Cam Smith, Marcellus Dial, David Spaulding. Um, you, you, you feel confident in the known commodities, especially returning from a secondary that was good, as good as they were a season ago. But for this year, for the secondary, the season will be successful if, as I talked about earlier, if Devonnie Reed can fill those shoes of the departed Jalen Foster. Now, he doesn't have to have six interceptions, but I think – just, you know, the safety position, right, has been a problem or it had been a problem for South Carolina over the past couple of seasons before Shane ever got here. That is such an important position on this defense, not letting teams get over the top on you, not letting them get the big explosive play. We need to see Devonnie Reed live up to the hype and be that guy we heard about from Central Michigan and show that he is ready to be, again, he doesn't have to be Jalen Foster, just be the best version of Devonnie Reed you can be, but that he can fill the shoes and make those big plays and not allow there to be a drop-off in the past defense. And also, I think from a leadership perspective and just feeling what Jalen Foster, again, Jalen Foster, again, I looked at is really just the heart and soul of this defense. So again, as long as Devonnie Reed can hold his own, Right. If he can be him, if he can be that dude, I think this secondary is going to be just fine. With that being said, guys, wrapping up, let's look at the overall grade for this Gamecock secondary in the 2022 football season. And I tell you, it's it's so wild how much difference a year makes. Because a year ago, I was talking about this group being arguably the worst position unit on this football team. Now I come into this fall, and you could argue it's maybe the best, right? It's maybe the best and the deepest position group on this football team. Now, I've talked about this defense. I, I don't think you will finish top 10 in pass defense again. That is not a knock on these guys. I think, simply put, you will be slightly better than you were last year stopping the run, at least we all hope. And in turn, what's going to happen is teams are going to throw the football more right? Because they can't run it as easily. So while the numbers may not be quite as good as they were a season ago, I still think this is an incredible group. I still think this is a top-notch group in the SEC. I think Torian Gray and Clayton White have done a fantastic job with the secondary, and we have no reason 
to doubt them. Again, you're led by a preseason All-American. Devonnie Reed is just as good, I think, if not better than Jalen Foster. You've got experience. You've got some talented youngsters that are fighting for playing time. Overall, guys, I give the grade for this unit an A-. minus. Again, are there better units in the SEC? Yes, there are. Are there deeper units in the SEC? Yes, there are. But there aren't many. There aren't many. Again, I, I think when you got a guy like Cam Smith leading you, you feel really good. I'm excited to see the continued progression of a guy like Darius Rush. Again, what do Dial, Spalding, those guys give you? I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be solid at times. We saw them get exposed in coverage, but I think they'll be solid for you. And then again, I'm excited to see the youngsters. Nick Eman Warre. Kawan Banks, Keenan Nelson Jr., Anthony Rose. I'm really excited to see those guys ball it as well. Again, an A-minus for this group. I think it's one of the best position groups on this football team. And again, it just feels so crazy to be saying that, especially after last year when, God, I thought it was going to be the Achilles heel of this team. And sure enough, it was a strength. I mean, so it just goes to show you never really know. So again, lock me in, guys. My overall grade, an A-minus for the Gamecock secondary. And that's going to do it for the breakdown of the secondary. And overall, guys, that's going to do it for the 2022 position unit preview series. Guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the secondary. How do you feel? How do you feel about my grade? Is it too low? Is it too high? Where do you stand? What would spell a successful season? Who's your best overall most proof? You guys let me know in the comments and the DMs on social media, what have you. And I appreciate all of your feedback. Guys, of course, it's game week. It is Wednesday of game week, which means... Best bet, as I mentioned earlier in SEC, gambling picks are back. I feel so good. It feels so good to be talking gambling. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Of course, we will start with the best bet for South Carolina and Georgia State. And again, for those of you who may be new, I give you what the spread is in the game, the over-under in the game. And I tell you, if you got to pick one, where the value lies in the ball game. And what's new also, by the way, I did not mention this in the intro, but SEC gambling picks this year, of course, we are doing gambling picks through our friends over at runyourpool.com. If you have not joined our Run Your Pool group be sure to do so, right? Be sure to do so before the games tomorrow night when Tennessee and Missouri both play. I will be picking exclusively spreads for all of the other SEC games, guys, this season, just simply because that is how it's set up on Run Your Pool, and I want to be consistent, and I felt like that was just easier. So I will be picking just spreads on runyourpool.com and in our SEC gambling picks as well. So I wanted to go ahead and throw that out there. But again, let's dive into the best bet for South Carolina, Georgia State. Gamecocks, and this one, guys, a 12 and a half point favorite. The over under set at 56 and a half. And I know what you're all thinking off the jump. Hammer the cocks. Hammer the cocks. And I'll tell you this if you're going to play the spread, I feel like the only way to go is South Carolina and the number, right? I feel like that's the only way to go. It, it, it's I'm not saying that this couldn't be a close game. You guys will know my prediction more so on Friday when I lock in my prediction, right? But I, I just – the number's tricky. The number's tricky, right? The number is a bit tricky. Where the value, I think, lies in this one, guys, is in the total. The over-under 56.5. Because what Vegas is saying is that, you know, I, I feel like this is a game where South Carolina should be able to score over 30. And if this defense is going to be what we think it's going to be, you're going to hold Georgia State to under 20. But what you're telling me is that this could be a 34 to 20 type game, a 35 to 21 type game, and I still cash with the under 56 and a half. I, I think that's free money, guys. I think that's where the value lies. Give me the under 56 and a half in this one. That is the best bet for South Carolina, Georgia State. A game also that's going to feature a lot of running the football, a lot of burning the clock because of what Georgia State likes to do. I know South Carolina is going to pass it around, throw it around. I think the Gamecocks defense, though, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to be a shootout on both sides. If anybody's going to score a lot, it's going to be South Carolina. I think there's also two. Sean Elliott's return, or will he be? I don't think they're going to want to run it up on Georgia State if it turns into that type of ball game. And if it is a close ball game, I think it'll be a lower scoring ball game. I don't see any way Georgia State's going to score in the upper 30s or even the mid 30s or break 30 at all and keep up with Carolina if that is what the game turns into and how it goes. So, again, guys, for me, I think the under 56 and a half is a no brainer. Take the under in this ball game. It's basically like free money. Now, 
Let's move into our SEC gambling picks, guys. But of course, as always, they are brought to you by our friends because we're talking gambling over at prize picks. Yes, guys. Hey, we're talking spreads, right? Overrunners, all that good stuff. Why not break the bookie with prop plays this season? And you can do so with our friends at prize picks. Go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on Rattler passing yards, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can do NBA, NHL, MLB. NFL, you name it, guys. And, of course, we love Prize Picks because you can do college sports. Prize Picks also is a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both in the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, let's break the bookie at this football season with our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And again, we appreciate our friends over at Prize Picks for the love and support of the Spurs Up show. Okay, let's dive into it, guys. These SEC gambling picks. And again, these are lines that when they opened up, I locked them in. So some of these lines might have changed. Just keep that in mind. But we're going to go ahead and roll with them. We're going to start, of course, tomorrow night. SEC football gets going. Tennessee Ball State. Tennessee is a huge favorite in this one. 32 and a half points at Neyland. I don't think it's enough. I think Hinton Hooker, that offense, I think they will roll. And Josh Heupel wants to make a splash and make a statement early. Give me Tennessee covering the 32 and a half. Let's move to Como as Mizzou hosts Louisiana Tech. This is a really fun one, right? I'm going to have my eye on both games. But if you're looking for entertainment value, guys, do not sleep on this Mizzou-Louisiana Tech game. I think this is a close ball game. Mizzou is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. That is way, 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 way too much. I got a right mind to even throw a little cash on La Tech pulling out the outright upset. But I won't do that. Let's just take plus 20-and-a-half. Let's snooze on it. Let's sleep on it. That's free money in our pockets. La Tech plus 20-and-a-half bank on it. Let's move to the full Saturday slate, guys. We'll start with Texas A&M hosting Sam Houston State. The Aggies are a 29.5-point favorite. Hammer Texas A&M. I, I think, again, they'll want to make a statement, set the tone. I think they'll cover. I think it'll be a fun day in Aggie land. We'll move to a really intriguing game, and guys, probably the game I'm most excited about outside of, of course, South Carolina's game. Our week two opponent, Arkansas, hosting the 23rd-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. I got this spread at seven and a half. And with that seven and a half, this is a really tough spread, right? This is a really tough one to judge. I think Cincinnati's being slept on. Guys, listen, there's going to be a lot of games that are much closer than expected in this first week. I like Cincinnati. If you can get them at seven and a half, I like plus seven and a half. I think it barely beats it. I think this is a touchdown, one score kind of game, but I do think Cincinnati will cover the seven and a half. Give me Bearcats and the number as the road dog. Let's move, speaking of dogs, to Georgia and Oregon. UGA a 17 and a half point favorite against the Ducks. I know many folks have looked at this one and said, oh, man, Georgia lost so much on defense. This could be an upset. And you know what? Georgia did lose generational talent on defense. But they're facing Bo Nix, and it really won't matter. They're reloading with, with, with five stars, excuse me. Minus 17.5 is the play. Hammer the dogs. They will roll over Oregon this one. Line of scrimmage will be the difference. Ole Miss taking on Troy. The Rebels are a 22.5-point favorite. I like Troy a lot. I love the program they've built. Ole Miss, minus 22.5. I think they're going to roll. Vandy, minus 19.5 against Elon. How about the Commodores going to the island and just running through Hawaii? Hey, do we smell a two-game winning streak for Vandy? Yes, we do. And guess what? I think they do it in emphatic fashion. Guys, it's freaking Elon, man. It's Elon. There ain't no way Vandy doesn't win this game by 20 or more. Give me the doors, minus 19.5. Auburn taking on Mercer. Tigers are minus 31 and a half. I like Auburn to cover. I see a lot of blowouts in week one. Uh, I think the Tigers handle their business and handle it pretty easy. Kentucky taking on Miami of Ohio and that gauntlet of a schedule they got. 
I'll tell you this, Kentucky, a lot of off-field distractions. The Chris Rodriguez thing, Mark Stoops is talking out both sides of his neck. I, you know, don't know what's going on in Lexington. I like Miami of Ohio to cover plus 20 and a half. A lot of distractions in Lexington. I think the Wildcats will win, but I think it'll be closer than that 20 and a half. Let's move to Gainesville. Utah taking on Florida. The Utes in the swamp. I, I, I've seen some folks even picking Florida to win straight up. I, I just can't do it. Florida's got to prove to me they're a good football team. Game won a billion Napier. What a tough draw for them. I got Utah going on the road and covering that two and a half point spread. Memphis and Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, this one feels kind of big. I know State's going to score a lot of points. I think Memphis, though, is a solid football team. They'll cover the 16 and a half. Mississippi State will win. But I like Memphis to lose this game by 14 points, thus covering that number. Um, last two games, guys. Alabama taking on Utah State. Bama, a 38 and a half point favorite. Bama will roll. I, I, do I need to say anything else? Bama's going to roll. They're going to crush them. They'll cover 38 and a half. Finally, LSU taking on FSU. I got LSU minus two and a half in this one. I like the Tigers, man. I know it's a new quarterback. I'm still not sold on Norvell. I'm not sold on Florida State. I like LSU, man. Give me the two and a half. If I got to go SEC, ACC, I'm going with the SEC team every single time. So, again, I like the Tigers, excuse me, minus two and a half in this football game. That's going to do it for my SEC gambling picks. And guys, we'll be tracking those each and every single week. And again, if you have not signed up for our pool over at runyourpool.com, be sure to do so. Man, that was a busy show and we're not even done yet, man. A busy, busy Wednesday. Well, that's how you know that kickoff is close. Like I said, don't go anywhere. Got tons more. Let's first dive into your listener questions, then we'll get into our fantastic interview with Corey Peoples. Here we go. Let me pull up these listener questions here. Let's pull up the listener questions regarding the secondary. Where are we at? You guys are actively hearing me try to find these. Here we go. Here's our questions. Okay. T. Anderson, 005, who's starting running back on Saturdays at Lloyd or CBS. As you know now, it's Marshawn Lloyd. Um, Marius, 3811, said, should be A-plus for the secondary. I think it's an A-minus. And I'll tell you this, guys, again, I, I, I when I do my grades, I grade it against what's everybody's ranking in the SEC. And I'm very curious because I really value my guy, Brett Ciancia, and his rankings of things. He has li – listen to this, guys. If you think my A-minus is unfair, right? You can come after Brett Ciancia. He's got the Gamecock secondary, the defensive back specifically, ranked ninth in the SEC. Wow. And I mean, wow. Even I think that's criminally low. Wow. Um, let's see. Max Swaggin says, who's the voice of the secondary? Swearinger would always hype up the guys. I, I think Cam Smith, you look to him, or Devonnie Reed. I think one of those two guys to be the guy. KJ Gonzalez says, Cam Smith getting all the attention, but I think Rush is going to emerge as a quote-unquote dude. Yeah, listen, I like Darius's game a lot. Played really good football for you last year. Um, yeah, I, I, I think his best football is ahead of him. I think he's going to be a big-time guy for you this year, no doubt. Uh, JDL1980, thoughts on Cam Smith having another monster gear? I mean, hey, he's a preseason All-American for a reason. I think he'll play great football for us. Um, Corey.Baldwin.27 says Darius Rush will have a breakout season. I don't doubt it. And then Matt Galt, six. Dial is a more humble, maybe better team player than Cam Smith. Wow. Okay. I'll tell you this, though. Hey, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a great position to be in. we got a bunch of quality guys, talented guys, and the secondary should benefit greatly, and in turn, the defense will benefit greatly, and in turn, we should win a lot of football games. Guys, that's going to do it for me. Appreciate you all tuning in, man. We are creeping ever so close to kick off. I cannot freaking wait. Again, do not go anywhere. We got a fantastic interview with our guy, Corey Peoples, former Gamecock, current Georgia State Panther, and it's all brought to you by Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker, guys, the best real estate agent and the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. Guys, this team has helped over 250 families last year. They work with both buyers and sellers in Columbia and the surrounding areas. They do premium advertising to sell your home faster with high-quality pictures and video, and last year, they sold homes for on average 5.4% more than the competition. Now, right now, guys, 
We're in a seller's market, but Marissa's able to get buyers under contract and in new homes by being available to show the homes as soon as they hit the market, collaborating with listing agents to write offers that meet the needs and wants of the sellers, and keeping up clear communication throughout the entire process to ensure that you make it to the closing table without a hitch. Guys, give Marissa a call today, 803-406-1800. That's 803-406-1800. Also, go like her Facebook page, at Marissa Kennedy Realtor. That's at Marissa Kennedy Realtor on Facebook. Guys, again, if you are in the market, you're looking for a real estate agent, look no further than the best real estate agent and the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. That's Marissa Kennedy, Realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker. Be sure to check her out and tell her that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and enjoy this conversation with former Gamecocks defensive back and current Georgia State Panthers secondary coach, Corey Peoples. All right, guys, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, very excited. He played defensive back for the Gamecocks from 2002 to 2004. During his career, registered 23 tackles and one sack. Currently, he is an assistant coach. Here's what makes this conversation so intriguing. He is with Sean Elliott over at Georgia State, serving as the secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator. He's helped lead Georgia State to back-to-back bowl wins and a whole lot of hype and high expectations coming into this 2022 football season. Very excited to chat with former Gamecock and current Georgia State Panther, Corey Peoples. Corey, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for doing this. No doubt. Thanks for having me, Chris. Absolutely. And Corey, like I said, off air, we want to talk a lot, of course, about the game upcoming this Saturday, college football just around the corner. When this will drop, it will be, I believe, three days until Toe meets Leather at Williams-Brice Stadium. But Corey, first, let's start with you, your career, because of course, again, your roots are in South Carolina. You started in the JUCO ranks, got recruited by Lou Holtz, that coaching staff. Since you're a Gamecock, Corey, I'm going to start with a little bit of an off-the-wall question. I have to ask you this. Uh, the mascot was just renamed from Sir Big Spur to the General. You got any thoughts on that? Do you like the name, hate the name? What What, what are your thoughts on the new name for the mascot? Nah, I'm, I'm old school. I got to stay with the, the old name. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think most folks are still probably going to call it Sir Big Spur, but – you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I just, I had to ask, you know what I mean? So I had to ask. Um, obviously, again, Corey, you get there in 2002. You play for the legendary Lou Holtz. Just talk about your recruitment, your relationship with Coach Holtz, and what eventually led to you choosing South Carolina and becoming a Gamecock? Uh, being from a little small town called Bishopville, South Carolina, about 45 minutes outside of uh, Columbia, left high school, had to go to junior college rates to get my grades up, ended up going to Georgia military for two years, uh, ended up winning the national championship there. Uh, left junior college is probably the uh, top corner in the country when I left and signed with South Carolina. Coach Dave Rogers recruited me, and uh, they had a great group of guys. They was coming off back-to-back out bowl wins, and uh, Sheldon Brown and Andre Goodman was leaving, and I felt like it was a great opportunity to come in and uh, get on the field early. So, uh, Coach, to play for a guy like Lou Holtz, who's a legend, uh, kind of was a no-brainer, and got to get to play in front of my home team and, uh, and be like 45 minutes down the road it was kind of like a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I was going to ask, what was Coach Holtz like specifically? I mean, again, it's, it's not very often you get to play for a Hall of Famer, and uh, certainly Coach Holtz is that. And I've talked to many of your former teammates and and guys who talk about the lasting impression he's left on them. What was your, your, your relationship like and your overall takeaways from Coach Holtz, not just as a football coach, but I'm sure the way he mentored you guys off the field as well? Uh, we learned so much in off the field. It wasn't just about football every day. Uh, we would always start the team meeting with a daily topic about whatever going on in the world. And, uh, you know, he got more quotes than probably the doggone anything you you see. He got a book of quotes, and I actually still have that book now. So, uh, so many life lessons we learned uh, off the field as well as on the field. Um, probably couldn't have played for a better guy and a better person just for learning on and off the field. Favorite part of football games at South Carolina? I mean, there's tons of great traditions, of course. You think of 2001 off the jump, but was there anything specifically that stood out? That, Like you mentioned, you're you're a hometown kid or you were a hometown kid playing for South Carolina. Just family, I'm sure, was coming to watch and everything. What was what what what, what stood out about playing for South Carolina? Anything specifically on game day or or just day-to-day life? Or what was it for you that uh that that stands out so vividly? Uh, you remember the days when they were 0 and 11, 0 and 12, and it still was a packed out soul stadium. So, uh, I think just with the fanfare there, uh, folks in South Carolina really love ball. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember back in the day um, from the brass stock days watching the Anthony Wright. Actually, in high school, had the Anthony Wright jersey um, and watching Brandon Bennett and all those guys, Arturo Freeman, uh, when I was coming up in high school. Um, it just always been, you know, uh, waking up on Sunday morning, watching the coaches show. Um, just something that always stuck with me since I was a kid. So uh, I just remember those were great memories growing up watching South Carolina football. Now, did you always know, Corey, that you wanted to get into coaching? Because obviously I know you had a short stint in the NFL. I think you maybe even played in the CFL also. But did you feel like did – you, did you know that coaching was going to be in your future? And how did that get started? Uh, no doubt. Uh, I, I knew it from – probably middle school on just love uh working with working with people and coaching uh so you know it's nothing like putting on that them pads and uh putting on that helmet but uh when I finally got released my last year in Canada there wasn't no doubt what I was going what I was going to do um for me it's like I say it's not work I enjoy uh doing what I'm doing and uh I wouldn't change a thing yeah now again we know Sean Elliott very well from his time at South Carolina of course I was fortunate enough to have coach Elliott on the show and I mean just awesome dude my audience loved that conversation uh, what's it like working for him? Again, you you joked off the air. I was saying that I'm not going to ask you to spoil any secrets. You said he'd basically kick your ass if you did. Um, so the intensity, certainly, I mean, it's still there. We remember seeing him in the mosh pit with the O-lineman, and he's an awesome dude. But what's it like working for him on a day-in, day-out basis? Uh, it's a different mindset on game day. Coach is one of the most intense people you're ever going to be around. Uh, what you love about him, he's competitive. Uh, when you're talking about just uh, 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 just a blue collar guy who's gonna come and give you his go, his his best each and every day, um, you can't ask for a better guy to work for. Um, the intensity uh, kind of fits me. I match it. I'm kind of the same way um, during the week. Uh, we get out there pretty good and uh, just, just really competitive. So when you got that competitive spirit like coach, we kind of we kind of mesh together on that. And uh, like I say, you couldn't ask to work for a better guy. Yeah. I think what's so interesting, Corey, and again, we look ahead to this weekend's game. And again, I say thank you so much for doing this because some may 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 not feel comfortable. If you understand with college coaches and just coaches in college football, it's, you know, you want to keep all the all the secrets in house and stuff like that. But um, looking ahead to this weekend again, I feel like isn't Travian Robertson coaching D-line for you guys as well? Isn't uh, is he there or no? In the spring, and actually went to Tulane. Uh, okay, he's at Tulane. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I, I was just thinking the Gamecock connection and going in this weekend, and and you guys obviously have flourished playing in SEC venues. I mean, you, you should have – I say you probably should have beat Auburn last year, had them on the ropes, lost by 10, beat Tennessee and Neyland a couple of years ago. I'll start with there. What what do you think? Because, again, you look at – and. And, and SEC teams schedule these non-conference games and they look at them how they look at them. But what do you guys credit to having the success you've had in these big venues? Or maybe you're you're not expected or not, quote-unquote, supposed to win. What do you credit that to? Uh, once again, start with Coach Elliott. Uh, we don't kind of look at the logo or look at the conference. Uh, we just going to play anybody they put on the schedule. Uh, we don't look at it as, you know, most people might be afraid of it just because it's, you know, SEC and those type things. I think uh, with Coach Elliott, we, we go, we, we have the same mindset week in, week out, no matter who we play. So, um, you know, the guys and the kids definitely get excited playing the Power 5 program. So I think it's just a mindset every day uh, we come to work is we're just going to do our best no matter who we play. Yeah, and Corey, and on that same note, I was just going to say you and Coach Elliott obviously have that Gamecock connection. You guys have played at Williams-Brice Stadium, coached at Williams-Brice Stadium. You know what Willie B is all about. You know that Gamecock fans are going to show up and show out for a 7.30 kickoff. I'm sure you guys are able to shed a lot of light to your football team on sort of what they can expect from that atmosphere. Yeah, guys know, uh, you know, being here, like I said, we didn't play a few SEC schools, so the guys kind of know what to expect. Um, So, um, we'll get out there and we'll just do what we do as in, you know, we plan any other opponent, just try to, uh, you know, get ready for it. You know, we, we know the crowd, the, it's going to be a big crowd to know it's going to be loud. So I think our guys just ready to go out there and compete. Mm-hmm. And again, Corey, I'm going to ask you questions without spoiling any secret team, like anything like that. Obviously we know with the offense for Georgia state, Terrence, Greg, Jamias Williams, which I think is an incredible storyline um, coming back to South Carolina and taking on the Gamecocks at Willie B. But the run game, it seems like that is the the bread and butter uh, of you guys' offense. Just talk about that, Those that two-headed monster. You've also got a very capable quarterback, the kid that I believe he transferred in from Furman, if I'm correct. Um, you, got, you go up against them every single day. Just talk about how you see that offense faring this year. What excites you about the, uh, the Panther offense for the 2022 season? Uh, without getting into too much, it's a great group of guys who work hard. 
Um, that's one thing I can say uh, every day. Uh, we come to practice, go against them as a defense. You know, we know we're going to get uh, their best shot. So just a really good group of guys. For sure. I I'll ask you this. When you look at South Carolina, of course, again, you're worried about your defensive backs and defending against the pass. The Gamecocks obviously adding Spencer Rattler through the transfer portal and all these weapons on the outside. What do you see from South Carolina offensively that you think might be challenges or just something you're excited about seeing on Saturday night? Again, without going into crazy deep details, when, when you look at Carolina, what do you see from, again, anytime you add a five-star transfer quarterback or what have you and these weapons they've added? Um, does anything stand out about USC specifically? Uh, just a lot of talent. They brought in a lot of guys, uh, even through the transfer portal, uh, receivers, the Rucker kid, uh, the Wales kid as well from James Madison. So just a lot of talent. And you bring in a talent like Spencer Rattler, um, you know, that that's a lot of uh, offensive power right there just alone, just those three guys coming in. And, um, you know, they got some really good backs, some really good tight ends, uh, the Bell kid. So uh, just a lot of weapons they got. So, um, you know, it's going to be a tough task. For sure. What, Corey, I, I would say this again, you, you've coached for a little while now and you coached in season openers. What, what's the number one thing you as a coach want to see in a season opener? Because obviously, you know, teams sometimes are subject to to sloppiness and procedure penalties. And and, and what what do you guys preach going into week one in regards to that? Because I, I would assume like the 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 top thing you want to see again without putting words in your mouth is just execution and, and not not beating yourself, not shooting yourself in the foot. You know, you've been working so hard for so long and finally being able to go put that product on the field. But is there anything in particular that you, from a coaching perspective, look for in a season opener? You kind of hit it on the head, execution, kind of make sure we clean on the things we practice. And uh, that's always, you know, the worry going into the first game. Can you carry all the stuff from spring ball, from camp, and uh, make sure you're ready to go ahead and put it on display the first game. So it definitely would be execution. Mm -hmm. Now, Corey, have you had the chance to go back to South Carolina as a coach? Has that happened yet, or will this be the first time? It's actually crazy. We had a bye week last week. Actually, came, I went homecoming last week and kind of uh, kind of hang around for some of the festivities. That was a crazy game when they played Bandy and uh, – Oh, and got to, and <laughs> yeah. at tailgate when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic is that, but yeah. uh, that was the first time probably in a few years that I actually got to go back. I don't been in coaching over 15 years now, just too many times where my bye week don't really fall mm -hmm. when I actually get to go back and uh and see those guys. So this will be though the first time you face off against the Gamecocks as a coach. How, how do you think that's going to feel? You know, going back being on the opposing side, and obviously, like you said, right? You once you get in the game, you remove the logo. It's a nameless, faceless opponent. It's about going out executing. But I gotta imagine there's going to be, and especially for Coach Elliott, I, I just I have to imagine there's going to be some. It's going to be a lot of fun, right? The excitement, the buzz, the energy, and it's going to be a lot of fun emotion in that ball game on Saturday night. No doubt. Uh, family, friends, mom coming, a lot of family, friends come. Um, you know, since I found out we played these guys, I had to put up all my T-shirts uh, in my draw, <laughs> took the couch. Uh, me and my wife, she actually uh, came, got graduated as well, and we met at USC. So we everything game caught, we kind of put away once the schedule came out for mugs. <laughs> Uh, it's been a, you know, it's, it's, it's been kind of funny, you know, actually getting to play to these guys. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I'm sure you've got a lot of people's Gamecock, uh, you know, merchandise or memorabilia or what have you. Now it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta put that to the side and get the, get the Georgia no. state stuff out no. and, uh, yeah, get it ready to go. Corey, this has been incredible, man. Like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us sort of the Georgia state insight on this football team. Um, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Obviously, we're all looking forward to it. Since you were since you were so gracious in taking the time and, again, talking to us, I'll let you close in this. Georgia State, you guys have done an incredible job building the program. I mean, the, the program hasn't even existed that long, and you guys are already out here winning bowl games and competing for conference titles, and it's just on the up and up with Coach Sean Elliott. And, again, we're all pulling for Sean Elliott and, and, and wishing you guys nothing but success. Give your recruiting pitch, I guess, for Georgia State. What are you guys out here telling recruits? Because, again, you, you guys are obviously able to go out get high-quality football players. You're beating SEC teams. I mean, you guys have talent. But uh, what excites you about the Georgia State football program in the future? What would you tell a young man and why they should uh, should come to Atlanta? Uh, just going into our 13th season, as you said, won two bowl games the last uh, two two years. Uh, actually been to four out of five the last five years. So uh, one thing about, you know, being in Atlanta is we got a great academic uh, 
program here as well. One of the top schools when you talk about business and a lot of degrees, uh, just being here with all the Fortune 500 companies. I think you actually get the both the better few guys playing in the NFL. Uh, we got a lot of guys working for a lot of 500 companies. So I think uh, talking to parents, that's one thing, you know, I will say they they will enjoy it's not just football. It's academics. Uh, you're getting you're getting ran by a great coaching coach. Ellen running a great program, clean program. We graduated our kids, so uh, I feel we got a lot lot to offer to say. We only going into our 13th year of existence as a as a program. Coach Peoples, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, really looking forward to Saturday. And again, I wish you guys the best of luck. And of course, I'll be in the building, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I know we're all just ready to kick this thing off and just see what happens. Hey, let's let players go play and. We'll see where, where we're at when the dust settles, man. Coach Peoples, Corey, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Looking forward to this weekend. Again, best of luck, not just Saturday, but the rest of this season as well. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a good one. Absolutely. He's Corey Peoples. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show.